Brighton. Some have said we were the original Windy City, till some bigger city bullied us out of the name. So when it comes to wind turbines, you can say we are big fans. That's right. We love our wind here in Brighton. <clears throat> I said we love wind. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. oh so nice and windy. <laughs> we may not have super fast internet or fancy corporate tax breaks, but we're a great town with even greater people. I said no magic. Sorry, this town is usually magician-free guaranteed. Irving. We've also got a gently used factory, so you'll save big money on construction. Right, make your wind turbines here, and life will be a breeze. <laughs> Can't believe you're all mine. You and me for all time. I'm never, ever, ever gonna be alone again. Oh boy. The dream team, you and me. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows. I'm your host, Chandler Deroshay. Joining me on the podcast today via Zoom, we have returning podcast guests. You know him from his storyboarding and voice acting work on Cartoon Network's Mighty Magiswords. And you know him as the Dr. Demento Show's most requested comedy music act of the 21st century. Welcome back to the show, Luke Ski. Hi, I have a new album to plug later. <laughs> <laughs> Editor Chandler here. Luke actually forgot to plug said album because we were just having such a great time this whole time. Um, and we were going pretty close to the end. Um, so his new comedy music album is Needlessly Meta and it's available on Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify, and other places. And joining us for the very first time, we have some very special guests. You know them from their work on, oh, about a zillion different things, including but not limited to Darkwing Duck, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, Kim Possible, The Penguins of Madagascar, and Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. But you probably best know them now as the Emmy Award-winning co-creators of a little show called The Ghost and Molly McGee, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Motts and Bob Roth. Hello! Thank you for having us, guys. We are so excited to have you guys on. (laughs) Bob can be found on at Automatic Gravy on Twitter. Bill could formerly be found on uh, Inevitably Bill, but uh, uh, (laughs) right now, some unfortunate things have happened. Oh my gosh! What did what 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 the heck happened? The the Twitter handle has been possessed. possessed. (laughs) Oh my god! uh, That's so wild. Bitcoin type Uh, of thing, something I don't know. Yeah. Apparently they hacked Ariel Hirsch's account too. I'm like, what is it with with people who are um, Disney television animation adjacent getting hacked by crypto yeah. bros? It's so weird. Yeah. By crypto suckers. Uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I have no I'm so I am so thrilled and honored to have you guys on. This is going to be so much fun. I have Ooh. been patiently waiting for this day since September of last year when I first pitched that we should do this. Uh, so it's been almost half a year since yes, I invited you guys you. on and. We're, we're finally here. Season two is almost here. It's coming out on April 1st. No joke. Season two of The Ghost of Molly McGee. Watch it on Disney Channel and the next day on Disney Plus. Yes, that's and... absolutely right. Also, 
we should let you, let people know that you can find it on YouTube the first day too, April first. Yay! The first YouTube. episode and, and Disney XD will also and be Disney there. XD. Yeah. If for everywhere. some reason you don't want to watch Disney Channel, but you have cable and you want to watch Disney <laughs> XD, I don't. I don't know why. Like I, I don't. I don't know your life. If that's what you want to do, that's you. <laughs> hey, why not? We just um, choices. We're all about choices. That's yes, that's of course. Yeah. So we're here today to talk about the season one finale of The Ghost and Molly McGee. The jig is up. Slash Molly versus the Ghost World. But of course, we're also going to talk about the show in general and what's to come in season two. But before we get to that, I know you guys have discussed this elsewhere, but I'd love to hear a little bit about how you guys met and how you came up with the idea for the show. I know like a lot of shows you've been you've been kind of working on pitching it for a while. It's yeah. very similar to some other stories we've heard some, from some other show creators, specifically <laughs> Dan and Swampy. Well, yeah, Bill, a, you a do the how, you, how we met and I'll do the, the show. How about that? OK, how we met. Well, Bob and I met. Back in the summer of 1990, back in the old days, forever ago, uh, at a summer production workshop at USC, we we both. Uh, this is a deep dive. I don't know. Do you remember Premiere Magazine? That was a thing back then. Oh, yeah. It was a movie magazine that was really fun, and fans uh, liked it. It was actual, you know, physical thing. I've waited four weeks for this. Is that a magazine like with staples? And uh, in the back of it, there was this ad for a summer production workshop at USC. And Bob and I, uh, both because we're giant Star Wars fans, were like, that's where George Lucas went. We should go do that kind of thing separately. So we met at, U at that production workshop, bonded over our mutual love of Star Wars, and we made a short live-action film together, which in ret retrospect, we realize is a live action cartoon <laughs> and uh, anyway we were we got along really well and decided to sort of throw our uh joint creative energies together and become a team and uh, the following year we in the fall of 91 we sold our first pro script to disney for darkwing duck yeah that's the story of that. Um, <laughs> Let's get dangerous. So we'll we'll tackle the second part of your question now. Where did where did the ghost and Molly McGee come from? Yeah, you're right. We had this idea ooh, 15 years ago. I want to say mm -hmm. at this point, um, don't remember what the actual initial, you know, storm uh, storm burst of it was, but. It was that that first scene, you know, where Molly meets Scratch and he and she wants to live in his space and he doesn't want her there. And so he puts a curse on her. Um, you know, wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be there haunting you, <laughs> tormenting you. And she says, you're going to go everywhere I go and do everything I do. That sounds like a best friend. This is going to be great. <laughs> like, wait, what? Hold on. I, I, this is not what I was intending. Um, and we had that scene, essentially. Right. And we're like, there's yeah, a show there. <laughs> um, we pitched it around several places. Actually, we pitched it to Disney way back when, and they were like, eh, cute idea, not for us right now. Um, we pitched it other places. At one point, we actually started writing it, and then we pulled the plug on it ourselves and said, you know, this isn't the right way to do this. We got to, needs more thinking. Um, eventually, you know, um, things came around. We had an overall deal at Disney to come up with a show, and... Bill we was the one like said, this idea. Yeah. Well, so. we, we still like this idea and everybody we pitched it to here has has been has been fired a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not That's related to them passing on the show. Um yeah. 
And I was like, yeah, you know what? Okay, let's give it a shot. And we did. They liked it. It was only then that, you know, um, once they said, yeah, think more about that. And we really started to think about it that we realized uh, this show is us. Like, there's a grouch. I'm the grouch. There's the uh, exuberant, you know, um, gregarious one. That's Bill. And uh, perfect odd couple dynamic, really. That's right. It's an odd couple yeah. thing. We, yeah. And as soon as Which we realized whole that, dynamic anyway, the whole the whole thing just sort of flowed right out from there. Like, oh, well, this is our friendship. It's easy. Well, what was funny too is I I remember Bob the day you came, you know, into the office or whatever, and you're like, I had this idea, <laughs> and you just sort of pitched this sort of. Then it was the family that they were the McGee's even then the McGee mm -hmm. name stuck, although Molly's name was Piper. Right, they had gone to Ireland on a vacation to a, a castle, and they were cursed by a Transylvania. A they went to Transylvania. You know, Transylvania. Yeah, exactly. It was more in that direction. Um, <laughs> so you know, evolved for the better. Love Much that. Better. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. Um, so the way I've been covering the show, I've been using the blocks that have been dropped on Disney Plus, so five at a time. Of course, sure. last time we covered four episodes because I was saving this one to be with you guys. Okay. Um, but I love how the last three episodes of the first season pretty much function as finales to different arcs that have been established. Mm -hmm. Episode 18 is about the McGee's financial struggles. Episode 19 is really about the core friendships of the show with Molly and Scratch and then also Molly, Scratch, and Libby. Yeah. Uh, with All Night Play, which I love that one. Oh my gosh, I love that one so yeah. much. Um, and then episode 20 is about um, Molly and Scratch basically getting found out by the Ghost Council and the consequences of all that. Yeah. And Molly having to save Scratch from the flow of failed phantoms. So obviously this was kind of always the end point of the first season. This was always yeah. what it was going to lead to. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there was that like early concept art where like Molly is in the ghost world, but she's in, in human form. So yeah. of course the race thing came about later. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm again, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. We later. thought that was more fun to do anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> having, having Molly become a wraith. Yeah. So in this episode, we kind of go, um, basically the way this usually works is we kind of go through the recap of the episode and kind of talk about it as we go through it. Um, so in this episode, um, the McGee's were successfully able to campaign for a wind turbine company to open up a new manufacturing plant in Brighton, taking over the old Jack Moose tractor factory that shut down years ago. Mm -hmm. This is a huge deal because that factory shutting down was the event that really sent Brighton downhill and kind of made it what it was before the McGee's showed up. And I know this is a pretty familiar tune for a lot of manufacturing towns in the Midwest. Mm hmm. Well, that's it's based on my hometown. That, right. That idea of it. Yeah, we we I, I'm from Rock Island, Illinois. Let him go, Orville. I guess we made it plain. We don't want no more traveling salesmen in Brighton. And uh, in the day, you know, when I was a kid growing up, it was the sort of farm implement manufacturing capital of the world. It was sort of the Detroit of tractors. Right. And when it seemed like almost overnight that, you know, there was conversation about outsourcing the, the production elsewhere and a, and a big UAW strike around it. And anyway it was a long long strike and uh, most of the manufacturing shut down and especially including in rock island the uh, international harvester farm all plant and that threw out just thousands and thousands of people out of work and it threw a depression into the, the city the city still uh, to some degree still uh, wrestles with today i mean they've had to like brighton find ways to reinvent themselves and right and, and all that but you know those ripples were hardcore in fact they used to have <laughs> people that have a bumper sticker on their car that said last one to leave the quad cities turn out the lights 
So it was really, uh, you know, a, a very impactful thing. So we we wanted to reflect that in the show, and and also uh, the idea of you know what how things used to be done, like you know how manufacturing used to be done. Maybe now a new thing can come in and and resurrect uh, that job base. And that was our hope with in in Brighton with the the blade turbine factory. Yeah, and, I, and I've taken a couple of theme park road trips across the Midwest, and there's a lot of wind turbines, so it's a very good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with people getting their jobs back, along with other things Molly and her, and her family have done, as they've been in Brighton helping people with various things, Brighton's joy levels are on the rise. That and Scratch has also been getting pretty lazy, like even more than before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the standard was very lazy, and he's even yeah. improved on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Scratch, of course, finally ends up getting called on this, and the Ghost Council assigns Jinx, the Joy Hunter, to mm -hmm. investigate. And Scratch has to do whatever he can to keep Jinx away from Molly, while also trying to not let Molly know what's going on, because he doesn't want to worry her. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my one of my favorite lines <laughs> is uh, Scratch misses the the, the ribbon kind of get the factory and he's like, Did I miss it? Oh man, I love outrageously oversized scissors. They're so impractical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they um, are. They're great. <laughs> yeah, they're great. I love it. <laughs> the, the, the other gag I love is when they do like a big ribbon, but they don't have an oversized pair of scissors. So it's like a tiny pair of scissors and they're trying to cut through it. <laughs> just tear it. <laughs> I think, I think like Wizards of Waverly placed it that joke once. Um, Smart. Uh, we also learned um, we also learned some additional info about the chairman um, and kind of kind of the lore of all that specifically that he feeds on misery. Look, you scare humans. Yeah. And those scares generate misery. With you so far. Mm -hmm. And that misery feeds the chairman. Right. I, what? It does. Yes. And when the chairman goes hungry, oh, things get bad. Full of pale phantoms. That is news. Um, which is why ghosts have to do the scare reports. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that the the sob goblins help out with that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with this, we get a very fun bond pastiche. This one's this one's a lot of fun. I I very much enjoy that one. Yeah, all about all about Jinx, the Joy Hunter. Yes, yes. <laughs> by the amazing Liza Koshi. Her heart is evil. Her soul is pitch black. The fate of our hero is under attack. But still, that won't stop him from sneaking a snack. In front of Killjoy. Are you seriously eating a corn dog right now? Imagine <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. his corn dogs. Um, <clears throat> Jinx eventually discovers that Molly is the primary source of most of this joy and is basically about to straight up kill Molly, which in retrospect would have been a massive mistake for reasons we'll discuss shortly. <laughs> um, Scratch stops her, and of course, Jinx basically says, Gotcha. Uh, she suspected everything the whole time which mm -hmm. i mean the ghost council did kind of know about the curse sort of yes they did but they're not they, they've got a lot they, on they the didn't plan. really care they, yeah well, they, they also they, thought they, he's just such a dummy for having done it in the yeah, first they, place yeah. right you know oh, yeah like, <laughs> they, they didn't they, imagine they it was having it. any ramifications beyond yeah. scratch has done something stupid let's laugh at him <laughs> yeah they're not yeah. they're not super bright themselves is uh but that so yeah actually then, that was that was incompetent, so they're just like, all right, fine. You're Actually, yeah. on that note, one question I had about all systems know, did they specifically call Scratch um, because they had seen that he set some curse on him and Molly and were, were doing that specifically 
to 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 just make fun of him mess, mess with him I, you know what i actually think it was legit in, in my yeah. opinion, that was legit it was just to just to, he had a couple of good weeks and they were like because i was i was kind of wondering i mean because that was right on the heels of the whole um turnip festival thing so that hmm. that kind of makes sense yeah uh, i was just kind of wondering about that um and um uh, of course um jinx drags scratch away leaving molly distraught and you've got that that um that bit where the ghost um gets blown away from the title card i'm like yeah. oh man yeah <laughs> i remember when i first saw that i'm like no <laughs> yeah we, we do brutal things with the title card you know <laughs> yeah that that and the of course the other one was uh was out of house, um, and, home. Out of house and home with yeah. the the with the no movie. spoilers but we got some good ones coming up in season oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm so excited yeah. i love it um and I love I love the bit where Molly and Libby are trying to figure out how to get Molly into the ghost world. It just is nothing is working. And Libby's like, I hate I hate to admit it, but perhaps books don't have all the answers. <laughs> Libby try. Um, and then of course Molly gets the idea to summon Jeff, and they accidentally find out a solution to um getting Molly into the ghost world, which is when Molly goes through the portal for the first time, she ends up basically splitting her her spirit from her body so that she becomes a wraith. Mm-hmm. Yes. And with that, of course, she can follow Jeff into the ghost world. Right. Now we're And now I know that I know that Jeff says that they don't get anything new in the ghost world until it dies, but Scratch has something resembling a smartphone in a couple episodes earlier, so <laughs> even by ghost standard, even by ghost world standards, Jeff is behind the times. Yeah, yeah but it's an iPhone 1. Yeah, it's yeah, an iPhone exactly. 1. Yeah, exactly. He has like a he has like a <laughs> No, he has one of like the the iPod. He, what he has is he has one of the iPods with like the the, the text free app that you can use where you can text sure, people. Sure. You can't call anyone. <laughs> I remember that in middle school where people had iPods and not iPhones. Sometimes mm-hmm. that was that was a thing. I know I probably sound like a a, a baby saying that that was in middle school. Uh, <laughs> I did just age five years, but go on. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um. Molly, unlike every other ghost, is of course bright gold because of the sheer amount of joy she possesses, meaning that everything she touches turns to joy. So yeah, Jinx killing Molly would have been a huge mistake because she would be stuck there forever. <laughs> yeah, and it, w- it would have made season two hard too. So <laughs> yeah, it would have. Super, super grateful for Jinx for for not not for not doing that. Yeah. Um, I also love the bit where, and of course, you can't resist another opportunity to have Scratch get sliced by something or, or mm-hmm. yes. you know, stuff getting thrown through him and all that. And the uh, only time we, we find a way to do it, we're doing it. So Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I also love the moment where um, one of the Sop Goblins brings like the lantern that Molly had touched over there and Scratch is like, I don't know how. I'm, I'm mainly just worried you know about molly it's like it, it, it really does show how far he's come yeah um and also he's like just in disbelief of course um molly and jeff travel across the, the ghost world to where the chairman and the ghost council are and molly is inadvertently spreading joyous chaos in her wake which is a lot of fun mm-hmm. um i love the song that's yeah. a, that's a very fun song yeah yeah it's a heck it's of a bop oh yes very catchy. I, I man, I wish we got iTunes releases for any of this. Oh, I know. I know. We, it we feels did, like 
It Did feels like their me? release strategy, they pull it out of a hat what they're going to do. They're like, okay, yeah, we're going to do, I, like, <laughs> the whole series, or we're going to do, like, a couple of songs, or... I, I don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't understand. get it myself, but just we'll, we'll pause you here and say, uh, virtually every song is now on YouTube as Hooray! a giant video. Yeah. So, giant what, hour We, we could get it on Spotify, <laughs> we could get it on iTunes, but it's there on YouTube. One giant playlist. Yeah. Um, um, and I love the bit with the trial where we get callbacks to previous episodes. Uh, probably my favorite from that one is Howling Harriet. Thank you, Howling Harriet. I couldn't have said it better myself. Are we all just pretending we understood that? Enough! Molly crashes the trial and she and Scratch both, uh, um, she and Scratch both stand up to the Ghost Council. Jeff gets thrown into the flow because he was mm -hmm. captured earlier for helping Molly. And I, I love the look that Molly gives Scratch. I, I noticed this on my rewatch, like just now before we started recording. I love the look that Molly gives Scratch after Jeff gets thrown into the flow, and he says, "How dare you throw my friend into the flow of failed phantoms? Although if it was between him and me, you certainly made the right choice." And Molly's just like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I hadn't really noticed that before. Like, I'm like, there, there's like, limits to Scratch's, uh, oh, yeah. Empathy, heroism yeah. and, and, uh, Scratch has grown a lot, but he's still Scratch. Yeah, there's, still, there's still room for improvement. <laughs> and after pleading their case, Alistair appears to relent, um, before sending both Molly and Scratch to the flow. And this, of course, was a colossal mistake because the flow starts collapsing thanks to Molly's joy. Mm hmm. Yes. Now, was that always the plan of that, what was going to happen? There were certain uh, well, we... which part? Like the Molly being thrown into the flow and and uh, it well, collapsing. It, it, the... it collapsing because of her, because of her joy. No, that was not always the plan. The plan was always, you know, like you saw that development artwork of Molly in the ghost world. That was right. there from pretty early on in yeah. the development process we knew that, like that's our season one climax her going to the ghost world and standing up for scratch and and him standing up for her as well right. um i think somewhere we, it was relatively late in the game you know i mean like when Although we it was on the press yeah but i think when we started breaking that story we didn't have we didn't have that notion of molly going into the flow until we were done breaking yeah. it. By the time we were we done, we did have okay. the notion that when she went to the ghost world, she would be a wraith. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, yeah. Because we had made sure that none of the other ghosts were in her color spectrum. Right. So they're all in their, you know, blues and pinks and, you know, purples and greens. And we, we've been thinking about this story for, I mean, obviously for a long time. So yeah. was, right. We were like, we don't know how we're going to get Molly into the ghost world. The notion when of she's there, she flesh and blood cool. doesn't make any sense to us. Yeah. Right. So the the wraith notion came out of that. And I, I love I love Molly's whole speech. Light is more powerful than darkness. Hope is more powerful than fear. Love is more powerful than hate. Enjoy. Joy is way more powerful than misery will ever be. Quite possibly my favorite villain defeat ever. Molly literally <laughs> kills the chairman with kindness. She boops That's him right. to death. Don't tell me that being friends with a ghost is wrong. You're wrong! Boop! What? <laughs> 
That's right. That's... I'm just thinking of like the end of Phantasmic, like if Mickey just went up to Maleficent's <laughs> nose and just went boop. Ah, you may think you're so powerful. <laughs> well, uh, this is my dream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love a year it. from now at Disneyland, that's exactly how that works. <laughs> yes. Molly and Scott are able to go home, and much to Libby's relief, reunite Molly with her body. Yeah. Because yes. Molly was kind of just like, her, her, her body was kind of just like sitting there. We'll explore a little more of that in season two, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Their body and they're still alive. I'm looking forward to that. Left with a creepy husk of a person. You should have seen Molly back there. Take that, Chairman. You want to take my best friend away? I'm gonna inhabify your face. Well, yeah, I did kind of kill the Chairman with kindness. Well, joy. And now I'm back. That's right, McGee's. Hey, so who's hungry, huh? You're not feeling like nachos with extra cheese. And not the kind you just eat in the microwave. The good stuff. Ooh, the ghost and Molly McGee. And this is this is such a great season finale. And I feel like the show I feel like if the show had ended here, it would have been a satisfying ending. But of course, <laughs> this is just the beginning. We're not ending here. That's right. Um, so before we move on, is there anything else you guys want to say about this episode? Just well, that, I, like, I will just say, art direction-wise, this was quite a lift, but it's so beautiful. You know, so everything good. from the, you know, <laughs> the how the flow breaks apart to that ring yeah. that explodes, and you oh, know, I love it! Just so gorgeous and so so. Well done. Our animation team at Mercury did phenomenal work. Our technical uh, as as always, Mercury is incredible. Yes. And our technical directors were, you know, right there with them. They they animated all the flow. Um, yeah, so the flow okay. has always been done here in, in Los Angeles. It's, we're we're okay. used to getting footage from uh, from uh, Mercury, Mercury, where the flow just isn't there, and people were referencing, "Hey, the flow! What's going on with the flow? Look at what's happening over here." With no, the flow. we're we're doing that. <laughs> yeah, and we got to do got some it. imagination, right? Like, so, yeah. And that that's always been our technical directors. They always come to the rescue when the when we have the flow. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. But all mm -hmm. it was gorgeous, uh, and it, it just was impactful. And you know, Michael Kramer, our composer, just did a brought an amazing home. job. Oh you know, yeah, with that, and <laughs> and then even our uh, our audio mix advantage audio, uh, which we mixed in five one, and when the ring explodes, we made sure that you could hear it ripping past you into the, oh, into the cool. sides and rear speakers. So well, now I got to watch it with headphones on. I, yeah, I, I do think I've done that before, so I need to it's a cool get these bad boys ready to go. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, this is just the beginning, and there's tons of exciting things to come in Season 2. But before we get to that, I figured we could go into some miscellaneous questions. Um, and I, Luke, I know you had a, a bunch to go through. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so just to hop off of, uh, you know, mentioning, <laughs> you mentioned the whole part about like, you know, Molly jumps through the thing and then she becomes, you know, the wraith and then the, you know, weird husk body. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, having 
you know, worked on Magiswords and had to deal, having to deal with things like the network notes we get back and things we have to change. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like every, so I love watching shows and I'll be like, that was a network note, wasn't it? So I was just kind of like wondering, was that, that was something that struck me as like, somebody said, well, she can't completely, her body can't just be like dead. You have to say that the body's okay somehow. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that was a network note. Like I we, think it actually came from the comedy we thought you could Yeah, we thought there's some comedy to be had. And you, again, I don't, I don't want to spoil yeah. too much, but you're going to see Molly more... like without her spirit. So, uh, would you like to uh, do something? Eh, not really. Oh. Uh... Okay. That. <laughs> yeah, that. And you'll see more of it in season two. We, we, we don't want to separate Molly from her body that often, but right. occasionally we want to see it. And when we see it, the, it's you, just it gets some fun out of it. Yeah, and I know, I know things, you know, every studio is different and even every show within each studio is different, you know, right. with rules and BS and P and stuff. But like, um, there are a lot of shows, uh, you know, like just the whole notion of addressing the concept of death itself mm-hmm. seems to be like an issue with some yeah. shows. Like they won't let characters, you know, use the word like kill or murder. So, which is, that's why a lot of villains are like, I will destroy you because you yeah. can say destroy. We're allowed to say destroy, you know? So were there any issues like that? Or did they all just kind of accept like, well, this premise is about, you know, the netherworld, the afterlife. So we're not going to, they weren't going to worry about it so much. Yes and no. I believe the preferred term is post-living person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank nice you for that callback. Uh, the, the yes and no, there was, um, there's a moment in the, uh, the first Kenny star episode written by Paul Chang, um, where Molly brings out her big board of craziness. She <laughs> I love that one. Scratch looks at it and goes, ah, we're going to murder him. What? No. Oh, we're gonna we're murder, murder him. him. Murder him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having a conversation with Paul. He said, can we say murder? And my knee-jerk reaction was, no. We, we've been here a long time. We've been around this, <laughs> this block many, many times. You put it in the script. They tell you no. And then you got to come up with, oh, we're going to destroy him, as you said, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I said, <laughs> so let's him, not even bother Paul. Find man. something else. And then I walked out of his, his office. This was late pre-COVID, right? Um walked down the hallway, was about to go into the next meeting. And I was like, you know what? No. And I turned back <laughs> around, went to Paul. I said, put murder in. Let's just see what they say. But be prepared. They're going to say no. And we're going to have to come up with an all. He's like, okay, whatever you want, boss. Paul's a, Paul, you know, Paul's a good soldier. So he put it in the script and nobody ever said a word. Okay, so this is the thing with S&P. It changes constantly. They will never mm-hmm. tell you what the rules are. Yep. Um, and we, we've we settled on a let's not do their job for them. We'll, we'll yeah. do. Oh, yeah. We'll push and as far as we feel. We, we've, we have discussed this at yeah. length before with uh, with uh, Jeff Swabby Marsh, who's been on a couple times. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And part of it, we, too, is we have a good relationship with those S&P people so we can have a conversation. So, for example, yeah. if I say I'm going to murder you, that's rougher than to say murder him. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a it's a, a step removed or I'm going to, you know. And I think the other thing is, it pull, uh, you know, Molly immediately is like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I and, think context and that, and that makes too. a difference. Yeah, yeah. It gets but there was a point where the word murder just was verboten across the board, and yeah, we moved yeah. past that, and that's great. So yes, 
but you're right also that like you know death is um death is a part of the show and we've got a ghost right there it's it's right you can avoid it um and a lot of dead birds yeah i've that's one of my favorite running gags is the (laughs) counted at least four ghost birds (laughs) throughout season one yeah there's more in season two yes Um, i love it i love it 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 became a runner now it's a runner yeah Um, so with, uh, you said, you know, the first genesis of the idea was like 15 years ago, um, which was, you know, back in the heyday of Aqua Teen. So I was curious, was Dana Snyder someone you always had in mind for Scratch or did that come later? No, that came later. We, yeah. we were huge Aqua Teen fans. Huge. But yeah, I mean... it took us forever to go, oh, you know, Dana, we, we worked with <laughs> Dana back on for the first time on Penguins of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. He came in, did a, uh, guest voice and we're like, he's fantastic. Uh, when we, when we, uh, did, um, Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker adventures, we had the notion of him as a hut and we were like, I think that's probably going to be pretty good. Let's try that. <laughs> oh yes. And that's when we really oh, got yes. to know Dana well. And off of that, it was pretty early on in the process. We were like, oh, why, why are, you know, we were sitting down like our first brainstorming meeting for casting and it was like took us like i don't know 10 15 minutes to go wait a minute it's dana <laughs> stop like no it's, more names pencils down that's not gonna audition gotta be him. dana we'll, we'll have him come it's in gotta be him just to prove yeah because you know having heard him you know in a ton of different shows mm-hmm. uh to me like scratch is the most dana snydery role since master shake like this is <laughs> it's he's so perfect for that role well here's the thing <laughs> You know, Master Shake is iconic, right? Like, yeah, that's going to be that started Dana's career. He's always going to be remembered for Master Shake. Um, but I think Scratch himself is actually closer to the real Dana than than Shake is. Like, Shake has not a kind bone in his body, right? <laughs> and, and Scratch is a, a reluctant softy. Yes, and that is Dana. Like, you you get to know Dana. He is such a He's, He's so kind and sweet and He's a sweet guy. He's a gigantic Disney fan. <laughs> I was I was just going to say, I, I was like, oh, he's a huge Epcot fan. I love that. Yeah, he's not just a huge Epcot fan. He's been huge Disney Parks fan. every Disney park around the world multiple times. So cool. Love yeah. that. Just a oh. good guy. On the note of Disney parks, so I'm also a huge Disney park nerd. Uh-huh. I mean, I work at I work at the Emporium at Magic Kingdom, actually. You um, really and, That's yep. super cool. I was there just and, yesterday. Yeah, you were there. Uh, no, no, Florida, Florida, Florida. Yeah, Florida, Florida. I know. I was in Disneyland like a week ago, and I saw right. that you guys were giving out posters. I'm like, man, I need to plan <laughs> these trips around cons that are happening. <laughs> but Sorry anyways, that. that's all right. I mean, I did get a postcard from you guys, so that was cool. Oh, um, and one of the first things that happened when the show came out was, of course, the super fun Molly McGee's Haunted Mansion Chibi short, as well as a few other Haunted Mansion references in Home is Where the Haunt is. There's also one I caught in the yes. season two premiere, which we got to preview. Well, we moved from upstate New York. Just finished a big cross-country road trip. We went to Gettysburg to see the battlefield, Salem, the Alamo in San Antonio, this creepy lighthouse in Florida, the site of the Chicago fire, and a haunted mansion in New Orleans. Um, and there's an upcoming episode in season two where Molly has to try and create a fun family staycation after their vacation get, gets canceled. Yes. So I want to know, what is Molly McGee's favorite Disneyland attraction? Ooh, good question. <laughs> 
<laughs> is wow. it small world i was gonna say i was leaning small world i i know what scratch's favorite is it's the sourdough bread bakery at dca obviously yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know yep 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 i'm just dreaming of dough about a sweet potato no i would rather turn flour into fresh sourdough instead because i just want a friend or small the, world i, I, I think she'd really part. love mission breakout yeah i, I think uh mission breakout would be a good one for her um scratch is just any churro card wherever there's any a churro, churro card, card that's where you're gonna find the it. sourdough bread um the, the beignets just all the food just all yeah, of the yeah, food exactly that's yeah he thinks that is the theme park you know I my favorite my favorite detail i think the the very small blink and you'll miss it detail in the molly mcgee haunted mansion chibi short mm -hmm. is that while they're on the porch scratch has a pineapple float i love that <laughs> <laughs> i love that so much it's great <laughs> uh i'm still stuck on what's molly's favorite i mean small world she loves the idea of the harmony and everyone of course together, think, yeah for sure yeah. but even she would find that that melody gets a little it gets a little, little yeah after, you know. that's that's part of what i love about molly is she is an optimist and she's so kind and happy to a point yeah even she has limits. her limits yes. yep that ball's going right to libby you got it girl Nope, I can't put a positive spin on it. They're terrible. And so, She's not you know, unrealistic. Yeah. Right. I mean, she would love Space Mountain just because she she does love some kind of thrill and adventure or something. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably the right answer, Space Mountain. Space Mountain? Yeah. It's always a good one. I mean, well, although Haunted Mansion, I mean, it's sitting right there for us. Like, well, yeah, Haunted Mansion, obviously. Yeah, would, and I'm like, besides Haunted Mansion. Drag Scratch onto that. And like, oh, well, yes. I mean, Scratch would just tell her about, like, oh, that guy, let me tell you about him. Oh, her? Let me tell <laughs> I got a story. That All one would be my butt still, you know? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. So is the show script-based or board-driven? Oh, script. A, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a great question, though. I mean, it... Uh, yeah, we, we start with script. We actually start the season with uh, 40 blank index cards that we throw <laughs> up on the board, and then we start throwing out ideas. We generally, Bob and I, have figured out kind of what the big themes are going to be um, and in sort of the overall arcs, but then it's sort of throwing up, all right, what about this and what about that? And blue sky. Blue skying it, which is really fun. But, you know, as as you well know, Luke, that, you know, that's just the start of the story process. Yeah. And so we, we you know, write the scripts, but then the, the actors bring their own personality and and variations and improv to it. And then and the our directors artists, and board artists yeah. bring a lot. The, the dead birds that came from <laughs> oh, yeah. Megan, one of our uh, one of our storyboard artists. She put it in uh, the the uh the camping episode yeah well that's what uh, i love so much about animation is everyone always adds something it's not yeah. just one person you can ever yeah. point to it's yeah. a it's a team effort it always is because it has to be because you're making yeah. this whole thing from scratch exactly mm -hmm. yeah unintended so, uh, we, and i have to say like the molly team uh most collaborative crew we've ever worked with like everybody that. at every stage was looking to plus one up add little details the props. This this uh, show is designed for your pause button. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> look at oh the yeah. yeah, yeah. Anytime Come there's in. like a book or a something to like pause, just zoom in and just it's Bill and Bob's yeah, I pause. Okay, adventure. <laughs> yeah, I I pause during um the in the library all of the books that <laughs> relate yes. to secret trap doors and levers. That's like that's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. That yep. is so brilliant. Yep. Oh, yep. I love it. I love um, it. Oh, and like and. 
I was just, you know, you, you said kind of everyone brings their own thing to it. So I was kind of, you know, assuming that, you know, Dana and some of the other voice actors, you know, do they get to like riff and improv some lines here and we there? Encourage, and... We encourage that for everybody. I mean, Dana, yeah. Dana leads the charge on that. You cannot of course. stop Dana. Um, but, but actually, but actually equal. I mean, those two together can riff and riff and riff. There, there's a moment in the season two premiere where uh, I don't want to give away too much, but the moment where he says, I don't know your, I don't know how your mind works. I don't know. I had to ask. <laughs> and he's going back and forth. Going, What's wrong with you? Uh, they, they riff that completely. And we'll, we'll do, we'll sometimes set them up for it. Like we'll, we'll do a take or two of, you know, close to as written. You can never get Dana to do exactly as written, but close to. Yeah. Yeah, one line that I... let's do a fun one. Don't worry if any of this is use, yeah, usable. Just a fun pass. Just 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 go, go loose. And yeah, the, some of the best stuff comes out of those. Yeah, one one line that I kind of assumed was improvised was at the very end of the episode where Nin is driving off, <laughs> and Scratch says, "The post office has flat rate boxes. You can ship anything." <laughs> I think that was ad lib. <laughs> it was such a throwaway thing. I'm that it just, it just hit me so hard. I'm like, man, that is so funny. Well, but, you know, oh, the, the trick of it is, is, you know, the deeper we get into the season, the more our writers start to learn their quirks, right? Right. Uh, and they start mm. writing towards it. So then it becomes a game of one-upsmanship of, like, the actors trying to zig when the writers have written a zag for them, and then the writers <laughs> see what they did with that, and then putting that in their next script. It's, it becomes a real collaborative process between the writing and the, and the acting, which I love. Yeah. I also, if they, if there's ever a live action, uh, you know, like they did with Kim Possible, live action Ghost mm -hmm. and Molly McGee movie, you could absolutely cast Patton Oswalt to play Mayor Stu Brunson. Yeah. I mean, oh, right. yes. <laughs> like it's, yeah. So he's two for two if that happens. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of Patton's, and it's like as, as soon as the great. mayor started talking, and I'm like, yay, Patton's in the show. <laughs> he's awesome. He's so good. He's a gift, that guy. He's so yep. he's so amazing. You know, it was funny though. One of my my favorite memories with Patton is it was shortly after pandemic, and we all had to be locked down, and he had, was recording out of his home studio. And so at some point, he he's like, hey, "Excuse me, guys. Excuse me a second. He's like, "What?" And he's talking to his daughter. And he's like, "What?" And he goes, "Guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I got to be right back." And he he runs out of the studio, and we're like, "Oh, you know what's what's happening? You know, whatever." He comes back. Like about a minute later, he's I'm recording. He's laughing. He's like, this is what happened. She comes down. She goes, Dad, Dad, the toilet's smoking. And he's like, What? The toilet is smoking. He runs upstairs, and she has she has put a toilet paper tube in the seat with, with some paper coming out like a that smoke and a, a googly eyes and a hat. That is genius. So funny. <laughs> Patton's frustrated voice is just hilarious. I love that. It's yeah. Like I listened to listening to the pot the, the podcast he did with his wife Meredith, mm -hmm. and she kept interrupting him and like wouldn't let him say what he was trying to say, and he just went, "Would you let me finish a sentence?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I was driving, I had to like damn near pull over. It just cracked me up so much. <laughs>
So he's uh, got to kind of wind down here a little bit because we're kind of running low on time. Um, so I wanted to quickly touch on, so of course the fallout from everything that happened at the end of season one is going to be very fresh since yeah. the new episodes pick up pretty soon after we left off. We got to right. preview the season two premiere and I, I couldn't be more excited for this whole season. It's going to be so much fun. Great. Obviously we're not spoiling anything, but um, the McGee's have some very interesting new neighbors. Could you guys maybe tell us a little bit about them for anyone who hasn't seen the trailers yet? Yeah, so the Chens are the McGee's new neighbors, and they're the perfect family for the McGee's. They're like that best friend family. They're already planning vacations, you know. The two dads hit it off, the two moms hit it off. We're going to go to the Disney kids World together. And... Everybody has their opposite number. It's going to be perfect. Um, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, get a pool together. They're going to vacation, vacation together, do holidays together. There's just one small problem, which is the Chens are ghost hunters yeah <laughs> that's gonna really put a crimp in uh scratch's life just a, life. just a little bit yeah just a little bit <laughs> just, just a smidge so there's the there's the uh dark cloud that goes with all the huge silver linings of the new neighbors mm -hmm. and it's gonna have uh season-wide ramifications and complications of yeah. course um I, I i love the trends so much i can't wait to see more of them they're, they're so much fun um mm. i think it would have been so easy to just write a family that moves in and they're just the biggies rivals and they happen to be ghost hunters it's way yeah. more fun for it to be like no they're super nice yes they're great and they're ghost hunters and chandler that that's exactly the path we went on our first yeah. pass at it was they're just the antagonists who've come into town and we're like, well, that's not nearly as fun as Right. You know, it felt like it was gonna run out of steam them. really fast. Yeah, exactly. It it's it's been done before. So mm -hmm. how do you how do you change that? Yeah. How do you flip it on its head? Um uh, I, lo I love how Daryl immediately becomes friends with June. June is great. I love June. I can't wait to see more of her. June is a um, superstar. Amazing. As a token of our friendship, we McGee's present the traditional Brighton turnip. Mm -mm. They smell like boiled toenails. June, honey, remember what to say when we receive a gift? Oh, right. Thank you for the gift. How kind of you to think of us. I'm autistic, and I guess not everyone can handle my unbridled truth. Honesty is the best policy. My best friend, her. my best friend has an 11-year-old uh, autistic daughter. So oh, it's really? like, cool. It's like I can even more reasons for me to keep texting her, being like, "You need to be watching yeah. this show. I've been telling yeah. you, it's awesome. Now you have more reasons to watch it." <laughs> Doing is for her. Uh, Sue Ann yeah. Tan is the voice actress, and she does such. Sh oh. again, she did some ad libs on one episode that I can't spoil. I can't even. <laughs> what the uh what the moment is but some of my favorite stuff in the whole season she's just love that. So delightful and of course we have ollie who uh molly kind of pretty much instantly develops a crush on him yep and that's that's also going to be a lot of fun i'm very much looking forward to that because of course that's rife for conflict when mm -hmm. they're ghost hunters yeah, and the fans are gonna love Ali. The more you see of Ali, the more charming he becomes. He, he's, oh yeah, he's, uh, he's Alan great. Lee I... brings so much warmth to him. Uh, he's physically modeled. Justin Rodriguez modeled him after one of our writers, Paul Chang. So, <laughs> okay, Paul That's Chang. Cool. He's out there swooping that hair back and charming anybody <laughs> within fifty feet. Okay, crazy idea. What if the band shell weren't just for music? Are you thinking a summer theater workshop camp for kids? With a showcase of their original play finale? Combined with an ice cream social to draw in the crowds? I love it! 
All right, so I think it might be about time for that surprise I mentioned. Basically, you know, I w- it was two days ago, I was driving around doing my stupid day job that I hate, and, <laughs> and an idea occurred to me, and I'm like, I have to do that idea now, don't I? Because if I don't, I'm going to be mad at myself. So uh, I managed to uh, whip something together in a couple of days, uh, um, you know, using my particular set of skills. <laughs> so... <laughs> a ghost living in Brighton Who's simply known as Scratch That's me In a house I haunt Bringing misery to this town Everything was perfect When a station wagon pulled up And a family moved in Ugh. And a teenage girl Turned my life upside down Oh boy She busted in my attic so I gave her my best fright, but she just squeezed all my horrid booze. That's B-O-O-S. I shrieked with creepy crawling bugs, but she just gave me several hugs. So I made her an offer that I now can't refuse. Ooh, me and my big mouth. And half of fire is a made-up word meaning so sweet that you'll puke, overflowing with excessive positivity. I said, for the rest of your days, I'll be there. Words I can't rebuke. I cursed her, but it turns out the curse was on me. Now I can't escape. We're the ghost and Molly McGee. Jeff, turn on my vocals and the headphones. Thank you. Oh, key change. By the flow of failed phantoms, the ghost council judges me. While Molly brightens everybody's lives. Brighten, that's the clever word play. I've tried hard to corrupt her, but it really is no use. Cause dishonesty makes her break out in hives. It scares me and I'm a ghost. Whether it's took the tornado, sob goblins, or howling Harriet, or a runaway turnip, Molly faces all these attacks. It's like every 11 minutes. But she always keeps her chin up with her family by her side. Especially Nin, cause she'll make me some snacks. Hit <laughs> coming, Nin. Andre is just another name like G-E-O-F-F. At the bat mitzvah, Libby let the turtles run free. I still prefer the bat. And in the end, when I was facing a fate worse than death, ah, she became a wraith of joy and rescued me and set us free. Not bad for the first season of Molly McGee. <laughs> well, she'll chase down a skunk and never mind the stinking. And then she'll drop rhymes with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, that's my best friend. They call her Molly McGee. Oh, oh yeah. She's filming the horror, the dancing, the horror, the making us more than you're going to adore her. That's us, the ghost and Molly McGee. Yeah. Thank you, Bright Fan Show. Good night. Scratches left the building. Oh, man. Luke, that's fantastic. I hadn't heard that before we did this because it was like coming down like right to the wire. But oh my gosh, that turned out amazing, Luke. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. Very nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Send us a copy. Oh, I definitely will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And post it on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. Post it. Yes. Oh, yes. And, oh I think God. I I made I made a uh, I don't know if you guys saw it I made a music video. Um, I was kind of hyper fixated on Guardians of the Galaxy at the time because Cosmic Rewind had just opened. I'm like I'm gonna make a music video that's Mr. Blue Sky with clips from Molly McGee and it, I think it turned out really good. So <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. So I'll I'll do another one just like that for this song. 
great. That is, that, what a great, <laughs> great sort of recap of season one. Of yeah, that. that was perfect. So Nicely fun. done. Thank you. Yay. And uh, just like so. I, I basically stole that backing track off of the, you know, a karaoke track off of the internet, but I have a, a musician friend who himself a few years back did a parody of me and Bobby McGee. And I asked him the other day, like, uh, Hey, can I get that backing track? And he's, he's out of town. So he said he could, he could send it to me in a few days when he gets back home and he can dig out the file. So Great. I can, I consider this a demo. So it'll be like, <laughs> we'll, we'll have um, the, the, um, the full version up soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, version soon. Oh my gosh. Can't that's wait. so great. Thank you for that. Wow. Sure. That is. A Thank gift. you guys for coming on. This was so much fun. We'll definitely have to do this again at some point in the future. We'd love that to. Was, we had a great time. This was amazing. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Luke, for co-hosting with me. This oh, is sure. Just, no no problem. And I just want to, if I can work in a, a quick plug, um, if anybody out there listening to this podcast uh, works for an animation studio and is looking for a storyboarder or a storyboard revisionist for their show that is very funny and has, you know, funny songs in it, you know, I'm looking for a full-time job. I don't want to <laughs> deliver weed for a living anymore. Um, so if anyone happens to have, you know, knows anyone of influence on, you know, especially if it's like one of my favorite shows currently on the air right now. So, you know, you can go to www.luke.ski. That's L-U-K-E dot S-K-I. And you can check out my portfolio and stuff. And, you know, it's just a thing. So, yeah. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> Luke. And of course, um, you can follow um, Bob Roth on at Automatic Gravy on Twitter. Again, Bill's Twitter is currently compromised, but follow the Ghost of Molly McGee writers account. Yes, I, I still have access to that one. <laughs> Thankfully. Follow me for updates on Bill's whereabouts. Yes, he yes. will authenticate when I'm back in control, which hopefully will happen. Bill is not ghosting anybody. Ah! When, they're not, when they're not plugging Gucci for some reason. Yeah, Gucci, weird. <laughs> so weird. Uh, I don't understand. Although, I don't know. Maybe Gucci, Gucci is the name of the villain in season three of the Ghost of the <laughs> <laughs> no the sad thing is, I, I was told secondhand, but I've heard my follower count has gone up substantially since I <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know what that, I don't know. Am I, I don't know, what does that mean? I... <laughs> Editor Chandler here. Good news, Bill got his Twitter account back, so go follow him at InevitablyBill on Twitter. And I'm pretty sure I don't need to plug this if you've gotten this far into a podcast with the co-creators of the show, but I'm going to do it anyways. Be sure to watch The Ghost in Molly McGee Season 2, premiering on April 1st, 2023 on Disney Channel, Disney XD, and YouTube. And the next day on Disney+, Plus. not only the first episode, but the first five episodes of Season 2 will be streaming only on Disney+. And Disney Channel and Disney XD will catch up over the next several weeks. It's the same thing they did with Moon Girl. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. There you'll be able to find a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, which will be returning this year with my upcoming 41 Years of Epcot retrospective, as well as my upcoming Once Upon a Time retrospective. That's right, I'm going through the entire ABC series Once Upon a Time from start to finish. It's going to be... A lot of fun. I have no idea how long it'll take, but I'm very excited for it. I've also got episodes of Chandler's Cross Country Adventure Vlogs. The Cedar Point video is still coming out at some point, and after that I'll have other videos about other parks I've visited. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. 
I'm on all the usual places, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, and if you want to help me out even more, you can also pledge to me on Patreon, patreon.com slash starport97. Just a dollar a month gets you access to every episode of this podcast one day early, which will usually be Mondays instead of Tuesdays. We also have a PWCA Discord server you can join. Link to that will be on the PWCA Twitter. And really quickly, there's one more thing I want to plug. My very good friend David Ganzel, uh, who has been on this podcast many, many times, as well as he's been in like most of my videos, was hit by a car on Friday, March 24th. He has a broken pelvis as well as a leg and traction and stands to lose income due to his injuries. His wonderful wife, Allie, is going to be balancing caring for him with her own work, and they need support to make it through this difficult wave. I actually found out after I initially posted the episode, this is an update, that they stopped taking donations on GoFundMe because they reached their original goal. Uh, but if you still want to help out, that could still use some extra money, and that is at Doggins on PayPal and Venmo. That is at D-O-G-G-A-N-S. Any little amount is appreciated. And be sure to join us next month, users, because we've got a very special treat in store. In honor of the opening of Magic Kingdom's Tron Light Cycle Run, for the first and probably only time ever here on the podcast without a cool acronym, we are going to go through an entire series over the course of a month. That's right. Next month is Tron Month here on the podcast without a cool acronym. We are going to be covering all 19 episodes of Tron Uprising from start to finish. Um, and I could not be more excited. Now, unfortunately, we have had some scheduling conflicts and delays with that, so I can't promise an actual release date for the first episode, but this has been a passion project of ours for a long time. I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And you can look forward to that next month, right here on the podcast without a cool acronym. And in the end, when I was facing a fate worse than death, ah, she became a wraith of joy and rescued me and set us free. Not bad for the first season of Molly McGee. Well, she'll chase down a skunk and never mind the stinking. And that you'll drop rides with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, that's my best friend. They call her Molly McGee. Oh, oh yeah. She's feeling the horror, the dancing, the horror, the making us more, and you're gonna adore her. That's us, the ghost and Molly McGee. Yeah. Thank you, Bright Fanchel. Good night. Scratch has left the building. Uh, maybe thank, I should thank have been you guys talking again about so much. Goofy. I don't know. This is, we had a great time. This, this thank you. Amazing. Yes, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. It was awesome. I, I appreciate it. And thank you, Chandler, for letting me be on this. this week. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I mean, I mean, you were on the, the first episode where we covered the first five episodes of the show. And I'm like, who, who better to bring back for this one than you? Well, thank you so much. You I'm guys. a fanboy. Yay. Yay. <laughs> gotta work on getting you an acronym though. That's uh Yeah. Yes. So it's holding you back, man. That's I don't I need. don't have a cool acronym. I don't have a cool acronym. <laughs> it's the podcast without a cool acronym. Just like the musical without a cool acronym, my my good friends over there. Perfect. Yes. <laughs>